What is up and welcome back to another episode of the Committed Football Guys podcast. Tonight, it's just going to be me and Joel as Colby um, is unfortunately unable to be with us tonight. Um, But we're really excited about today's episode because we're going to be talking about uh, some lessons that we've learned uh, so far this season that we want to remember, you know, kind of put away, take notes as we move into the future and uh, also have our midseason fantasy MVPs and then also talk about some news. Um, We've had some injuries uh and we also have big news coming out of arizona um as kyler murray seems to be back but first joel how you doing tired i'm tired um but (laughs) glad to be doing this glad to be um once again just kind of chopping it up about the thing that we love absolutely absolutely i'm i'm tired myself i just came back from league um i'm in a pickleball league locally um, played pretty well tonight, so that was fun. But we had some very long matches, and uh, and I'm pretty tired. But we go on. Um, let's first go ahead and talk about um, this news with Kyler Murray. I think um, pretty much the whole community was shocked because uh, it seems like the Cardinals have been on the tanking mode for Caleb Williams, um, and so it would only make sense to not play Kyler. But them playing Kyler is is kind of an interesting sign. What do you think about this, Joel? Well, I think when Dobbs, um, you know, Dobbs wasn't playing at an elite level by any means, mm-hmm. but I think with the team, um, you know, not looking terrible and the NFC West being pretty wide open with the 49ers kind of on a, a downturn right now, I'm, I'm sure they'll, you know, get it figured out, but um, it by no means is this division locked up right now. Um, I think they have incentive to keep bringing back and to compete and to not, you know, be a bad team. Also, I think it's just one of those times where the fantasy community or just the football industry outside of the locker rooms, it's a lot easier for us to say tank, tank, tank for than sure. the guys who like, this is their livelihood. This is their job, their passion. Um, so, you know. They, they're not always going to see it the same way we do. Even, like, would Caleb Williams benefit, you know, minus, like, five teams? Mm-hmm. Yes, he would benefit almost the entire league. But ultimately, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot that goes into that. So I think um, I'm excited. I wish I could have bought low on Kyler, but for sure, I guess our, our leagues are too smart to, to move on from that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's super interesting. Cause I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. You know, it's easy from the outside and from even, not even from a fantasy standpoint, but from a media standpoint, you know, everyone is just talking about, Oh, the Cardinals are tanking and things like that. But I mean, for the most part, this team has pra- played uh pretty hard. Um, you know, obviously they had the win against Dallas and they've had some, some closer games as well. Um, and, and I think that they're, honestly building a good culture because you know, I was listening to a podcast, just an NFL podcast the other day. And they said that the Cardinals have the worst roster uh, in their opinion in the NFL. And so for them to be this competitive um, for the most part, I mean, obviously this past week was, um, was pretty rough, um, but you know, they, they have a, a rookie, you know, what fifth rounder at quarterback. Uh, it's hard to, hard to expect a lot, but it seems like post all the jokes from this off season, that Jonathan Gannon is is doing a pretty solid job 
um, as a head coach there. Um, and so, I mean, if you already have a guy that is in your locker room that you know can play at a pretty high level that you've given a contract to, you know, why not get him more, you know, settled in this system with this culture, with this head coach and things like that? You know, it only makes sense. You know, obviously it's hindsight. Um, say, us saying that now, I'm sure, you know, previously we, we were saying, oh yeah, shut down Kyler for the year. Um, but I'm excited to to watch him play. He's he's a very talented football player. Um, he's by no means perfect, but he's very fun to watch. Um, and, and so I'm excited to see him play again. I hope, you know, I hope he can, he can drag this Cardinals team to the playoffs. I think that'd be a really fun story. Also, it would be fun if Josh Dobbs dragged the the Vikings to the playoffs. That would be a great story. Um, that'd be well, a really anyway, cool story. yeah, yeah. I mean, and I mean, that game was just ridiculous. Uh, I went back and watched the highlights and, you know, him, you know, all the videos on the sideline of him learning the cadences and uh, Kevin O'Connell having to explain plays in his ear, you know, I mean, that's on the road too. Um, I mean, that's just incredibly impressive. So gutsy performance from, from the Vikings. Well, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the lessons or the things that we have learned personally that we want to kind of, you know, put away um, for either the off season or preparing for next season, you know, just to remind us, um, because, you know, in between seasons is a really long time, you know, it's, you know, what, seven, eight months. Um, and so we can forget a lot of these things in season. So we just kind of want to talk about some things that we we've learned so far this season. So Joel, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? So for me, the most important thing that I've really kind of wanted to lock into this uh, this season, it's just how to understand your leagues mm. and the people that make up those leagues because the value and and you know this is an old saying but the value only matters to the person who's buying it. Mm-hmm. You know, like this player to me is worth this this many picks. But if the person you're trying to sell that player to doesn't agree, it doesn't matter how you value that player. Yeah. Because you, ultimately it only matters what someone's willing to pay. And so it doesn't matter what your format is. It doesn't matter what your scoring settings are. It doesn't matter if you are in the same leagues. Like we're in a lot of the – a lot of our leagues involve the same guys. There's a lot of uh, – a lot of the same guys in these these different formats, but it doesn't matter if it's the same person. You could try trading with the same guy in one league and then the next day try in another league, and it could be like working with two different people, not in a bad mm-hmm. way, but just like you have to take into account the way people work. You have to take into account the way people's teams are set up across leagues and just realize that like fantasy football – is so much more than the players of fantasy football as in like Mm -hmm. the NFL players. And it, it's just like for us, mostly 12 team leagues, it's just 12 guys. Yeah. It's, it's 12 people who are, you know, living their own lives and going about their days. And, you know, there's just so many factors that go into, you know, if I send an offer and me and this guy have a great history of trading and it just works out. But then sometimes there's guys where like some people don't want to be told why they should take an offer. Some people need to be convinced 
or some people want to hear the reasoning. Other people, when if you send them an offer and they know, like for us, there's sometimes I feel like, like, oh, you guys do a podcast. What are you trying to like, what are you trying to pull? <laughs> you pull a fast one on me. What do you know? Yeah. I don't. Um, but like, there's just so much that goes into it. And I think that now more than ever, simply because at this point, the leagues or the teams that I've set up to be rebuilders, I'm getting to that point where, okay, well now it's, it's time to figure it out. See if these picks pan out, see if I can turn these, you know, older assets into anything that matters for me. And the teams that are competitors really wanting to turn those into to teams that come in first, ultimately. And so I think now is when it really matters. How am I going to be able to work with these other people? Not necessarily yeah. how am I just going to field the best starting 10 or how am I going to field the best PPR you know, players or whatever that looks like? Just working with the people behind, uh, essentially behind the screen of this league. And so, um, I don't know, it's just like made itself more evident this year because the numbers matter, the NFL players matter, mm-hmm. but it, it's all about working with other people. And so, um, and it builds good community. It builds camaraderie across leagues. It's cool to, to see things happen and everybody enjoys that. No one likes a stagnant league, but also people don't like being taken advantage of or feeling like they were fleeced or whatever, which sometimes they, it turns out they are, but like, we always mess with Colby about his cup and Ayuk trade, <laughs> but like, was you, you probably now. a lot of people would rather Ayuk. You know, if if you didn't win with Cup in twenty twenty one, then you probably like don't. You're not upset that you traded him away at this point. So absolutely. Um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, for me, the biggest thing again would be how important it is to take into account the other people uh, that make up your leagues. Yeah, absolutely. And like like you said, at the end of the day, this is essentially just a strategy game with 10 to 12 other dudes. And so if you think about other games like Risk or Monopoly or anything like that, like everyone's going to have their own style of play, their own strategy going into it. And, you know, for Dynasty, it's, it's interesting just because it's um, years upon years uh, of processing and, you know, people getting smarter, people... Um, you know, have gotten fleeced a few more times than others, you know, and they, they recognize that. And so, you know, like you said, there's, there's guys that can be more hesitant. There's also guys, like you said, we're all living our lives. We're all doing different things. There's guys that aren't as invested, even though like, obviously they're in the league, they're setting the lineup and things like that, but they're not as invested in trading as a lot of us are. And all of that is okay. You know, um, as long to me, obviously I'd, I'd rather you you know, talk to me through about a trade. Uh, some people don't do that, but to me, as long as you're at least, you know, accepting and declining trades and setting your lineup, you know, that's, that's the least, you know, if you're doing the least, then that's great. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is something that, that you definitely have to remind yourself just because, you know, it's like you said, it's the person behind the screen that you're trading with. It's not just the numbers and things like that. And I do think this season has been interesting just because, you know, scoring has been down um, across the league. And so, you know, things are, things are just much more condensed. They, they feel tighter um, and, and people are, 
you know, at least in our most competitive league, the the league that you know this podcast is named after, it's a very heavy like. There's a lot of parity in that league. Um, you know, obviously there's some really really great teams at the top, um, but really three through twelve, um, or really I'd say I guess three through ten are are really competitive, and and anyone could beat anyone on any given uh, weekend. So definitely definitely something to remind yourself of. Um, during the season. Uh, my first lesson that I've learned this year is, man, we we have a lot of coaches that are, you know, they just have this day job of, of being a head coach. Um, but the truth is, is that they are amazing at their second job and, and their second job is being an illusionist. Um, Arthur Smith and Dan Campbell, I'm mostly looking at you. There's, there's other instances across the league, but they, they, you know, if you know anything about illusion and sleight of hand and things like that, you know, the, the goal for these guys is to get you looking one way um, so that they're doing this other thing over here. And especially in Arthur Smith's case, you know, the Falcons have spent pick after pick, uh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, this year, B. John Robinson, all of these first rounders that are just amazing. And what does he do? He's using sleight of hand. He's, he's ahead of the game. He's using sleight of hand. By, by showing you all of these first rounders. And then on the other side, he's actually running jet sweeps and screens for Jonu Smith. He's, he's got Tyler Algier at the goal line. He's, he's throwing out to, to Matt Collins and things like that. It, it's just amazing. Uh, no, on the real, um, you know, we can complain about these guys so much, but we do have to remember um, that football is not always about fantasy and we need to to honestly process and look at um you know who's going where um and and what's the track record of of people using them because of using these specific players because we can fall in love with the player and some guys just force their way onto the field right we we saw earlier this season jameer gibbs not getting a lot of run well there's an injury that opens up and we're proven that we weren't just excited about this guy because of the draft process and things like that. But this guy's actually really, really good. Um, you know, Jameer Gibbs showed that. Um, we think, obviously, that Bijan and all these guys are really, really good, but they just need to get their opportunity, right? Um, and so it's just important to remember that uh, because I think we can get really bogged down and bothered by, um, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jameer Gibbs, these guys uh, at the beginning of the year not getting any run, but when they get those opportunities, they're proving themselves to actually being, you know, once they get an opportunity, really, really good players. Um, there's other players like Quentin Johnston who are worrisome. Um, there's some some other players like, I guess, Michael Mayer right now, even though tight end is a little bit different. But some of these players have the opportunity and they're not showing. Um, and so obviously, you know, you don't want to move too quickly. Um, but, you know, I think... I think that you know, in Quentin Johnson's case, for instance, the Chargers have had a, a history of basically, you know, really propping up Keenan Allen, really propping up Austin Eckler, and then occasionally Mike Williams. Um, and so we're seeing Quentin Johnson just not get the volume because he's not either of those guys. He's not any of those guys. Um, so you know, we just got to remember that um, as you move forward. You know, look at the history of of these coaches and things like that. Um, because obviously we were all super excited about Bijan. And I, I do think, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess the one one and super flex looking back should now have been Stroud, I guess. 
Um, but I, I do think that Bijan, um, I don't think will fully regret that pick if you had him at you know that one on one spot. But it is a little, it is a little worrisome just because of you know the Falcons' usage. Because I do think Bijan's really good, but they're just they're just not one to to go along with the whole fantasy output. Yeah, and I think ultimately, and this is something I struggled with uh, with my only rookie draft Bijan share was mm. I. You know, I went out of my way to do it, but I earned the 101. Yeah. So should I should I have taken on a running back, you know, for it, it to not pay off? But, you know, I'll spare you the details of, of that league and, and my team there. But, like, after this year, I'll, I'll, I'll know if it was worth it ultimately or not, I guess. Bijan aside, it'll have to do with everything else. But um, I'll, 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 I think we can pretty firmly say we know what Colby's was. Um, Colby's biggest lesson this season has been to not invest heavily in running back. Absolutely. And uh, he's been very outspoken about it on the show, and he's v- very outspoken about it on in our group chat and in leagues and, you know, where he has his JTs, his Pollards. Oh, Pollard. He's just he's – just, yeah, I mean, he's just obviously very upset that he spent good draft capital on these guys. And it doesn't really matter if it's the the rookie 110 or 111. Ultimately, I think you'd rather the flexibility over an aging asset that the NFL doesn't care about. I mean, Absolutely. would you rather transport killer whales across the Atlantic <laughs> Ocean or would you rather sign Jonathan Taylor to a three-year deal? <laughs> Jim Irsay, I mean, he's he's struggling with that one. Um, but, I, I mean, look, at I, we can't depend on this every year because you, you don't know the players, the names will change every season. But every year, a guy like Gus Edwards is going to be running back <laughs> 10 halfway through the season because he is going to be the healthy running back on a team that needs someone to run the ball. Kyron Williams mm-hmm. – is still a top 15 running back right now, and he hasn't played in like four weeks because yeah. of how heavily he was being used because his team, once again, needed someone to run the ball, and he was the guy there. Look at where these guys were going in startups. Look at where, you know, what the trade, the KTC value was on these guys. And if you acquired either of them this offseason, you would rather have your side by a long shot. I don't really care what you gave up. You probably are really happy you have those guys. I mean, you might not even had to trade for for Kyron Williams. He might have mm-hmm. been he might have been on your waivers. Yeah, he's free. So it's hard to pinpoint who those guys are going to be every year. But I think the days of getting a first plus or two firsts for a running back are over unless I don't know. I I was going to ask Colby at what point do you invest in running back? So I guess I'll ask you what, at what point do you say my team is ready? Like we Uh are about to make that push. Do I send a, a couple seconds? Do I send a single first for a running back who? to that point in the season has been dependable. Because to me, if your team is already in a position to win, 
why go out there and get a running back? I know it's always good to shore up a position, but at a, yeah. at a at a at a position so volatile as running back, I would be nervous even as a contender to halfway through the season, you know, lose out on the the draft capital for a guy who, for all I know, could go down with an injury for multiple weeks. Yeah, for sure. And or I think flare, like you or flare out. Like I'm sorry to cut you off, but like no, no, no you're good. A couple of years ago when Zeke was having an awesome year, he was like running mm-hmm. back eight halfway through the season. I trade for him at a trade deadline and the rest of the season he's hurt and he's bad. Yeah. And so like you can make this move, but ultimately if, you know, things like that happen with running backs often. Yeah. And I mean, think about this season. If you, saw what was going on with Zach Moss and you know you didn't think Jonathan Taylor was going to play at all boom you trade trade for him and then Jonathan Taylor's back and now he's he's definitely still been solid um since JT's come back but you know looking moving forward it doesn't I mean he only had 21 percentage of snaps last week it doesn't seem like he's going to be um really really substantial moving forward especially with jt getting uh, a ton of work in the passing game or not a ton but a, a decent bit in the passing game but yeah i mean like you said uh, running back two on the season is uh raheem mostert and then you know uh let's let's look at you know isaiah pacheco's running back nine i think we all liked him i don't know if we liked him as you know an rb1 for sure and then rashad I mean, jerome, white jerome ford put up nick chubb numbers for yeah. a few weeks and then they Absolutely. brought in Kareem Hunt. They said, oh, that wasn't good enough. We'll bring yeah. Kareem Hunt back. Yeah, and then all these guys that we've been, you know, now some of them are due to injury and things like that. But, you know, Saquon, uh, running back 23. Jameer Gibbs, 25. Uh, Austin Eckler, running back 26. And then, you know, on down the line, Najee, running back 30. Javante, running back 31. Jonathan Taylor, running back 33. Aaron Jones, running back 35. There's just so many guys that have just been injured uh, and things like that. And so I, I think, man, I think truthfully, the way that you have to kind of approach it is you got to look at a team that's not very good. And if they have a good running back, try and go get that guy. Um, and I think it's, I think that's the way you kind of have to do it unless you're going to, you know, try and just throw some darts in the off season at some guys and hope that they turn into a Mostert type or a Kyron Williams type um, during the season. You know, we, there's the hashtag uh, any running back on a, on a 53, you know, that, that you're just like, Hey, if this guy is, is the backup, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take him Cause why not? You know, because I got some roster space and this guy could start for me and, uh, and do numbers for me. You never know. Um, my my other lesson that I've learned this season, though, um, is it's much to me, at least in the leagues that I'm in, it's been much easier to trade prior to the season than during the season. And you know, obviously, I, I think you just got to make your bets um, before the season, um, and it doesn't always work. You know, like Colby's with with running backs investing heavily. Um, I think that that is something moving forward that a lot of people are going to adopt. Um, is just not investing heavily in the running backs. Um, Calvin Ridley is another example of of a guy we were all super high on uh, coming into the season that just really hasn't worked out too much. Um, but I will say there's been a lot of scenarios that I've seen um, 
you know, for my own teams, but also for, for you, for Colby, for other guys in the leagues where they invested, they, they had a feeling on a player, they invested in that, in that player and it's worked out really well. Um, I, I've seen honestly more good than bad, you know, the bad mostly being, um, the, the JT shares, the, the Saquon shares, the, those, those types of players. Um, but I've seen so many, uh, just good trades, um, before the season where you got a player, um, at a discount and, and they've turned out to, to really be, uh, really substantial for, for those teams and for those rosters and things like that. And so I just think, you know, moving forward, I just got to remember if I like a guy, uh, I don't need to say the, well, maybe we'll, we'll wait and see how my season works out. Like, just go get them, just go get them and see, it may burn you, but it may not, you know, at the same time. Yeah. You may get Calvin Ridley or, you may get Christian Kirk like I did in, in our league, and and he's been really, really good. Um, so you just never know. Yeah, as long as you've got your process, I think that's all that matters at the end of the day. And if you don't like a player, get rid of them. Uh, I We were all, I mean, if you listen to us at all, you know we did not like Rashad Bateman. You know we did not like Kadarius Toney. I think most of us, you know, I, I don't know if I have a single team with a share of either of those guys right now, and I'm so happy that I moved off all of those shares, even though I got cheap stuff back um, in a lot of those trades, guess what? I don't have that headache on my roster anymore. Um, and so I'm very happy about that. And so if you just have a bad feeling about a player and you can get uh, a decent amount, a decent price before the season, go ahead and do it. Cause there's going to be somebody who's like, you know what? Bateman might be, might be the wide receiver one. He, he might get, he might get those tar- Kadarius Tony. There's no one in, there's no one in the Chiefs other than Kelsey. You know, there's there's got to be. Look what he look what he did versus sport. the Cowboys that one yeah, time. Exactly. So if you have a bad feeling about a player, I say move off of them. Uh, is there any other lessons for you, Joel? Nah, man. I'm just not really. I'm just <laughs> making it week by week. I, I there's just been a you know there's a lot of talk right now about. Um, how dynasty valuation has become like uh, Scott Connor talks about this a lot, but it's become a day trading game. Oh yeah. Justin Fields is a perfect example. He has a four touchdown game. Then the next week he has a two interception game. Then the next week he does the four touchdowns again. Yeah. And then he's injured, but like truthfully, his value hasn't changed that much, but people right. are like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Yeah, I'm yeah. in, I'm in, I'm out, I'm out. So, Buy the dip, sell, 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 sell. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> so it's like, what, how do we respond to Dynasty, which is supposed to be everything? It doesn't have to be, obviously, but with, an, with a long term outlook, suddenly being played like redraft a lot. Mm-hmm. Nah, I don't really like this guy. I don't think he's going to be good. And you're like, you don't know. You know, like Jacoby Myers, how about the fifth year breakout? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously he's an outlier and, not, and most players don't progress like he is doing, but yeah, um, there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of fantasy managers out there that are just going week by week. Like, in and out of a player yeah. week by week. And 
they might be changing their value, but truthfully, a player's value shouldn't change week to week. Unless yeah, something absolutely. drastic happens. Yeah, I've definitely seen that stock, it, mostly on Twitter and, st- and not in our league specifically. But it seems like there's a lot of guys, um, a lot of people in the industry that are just like, you know, you got to buy and sell. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, like the process over everything, right? And it's like, dude, I don't know. Sometimes you do need to hold. Yeah, some players burn you, but at the same time, you know, during the season is, is an incredibly interesting time to to try and play the stock market game uh i think in the season is is mostly about plugging holes and you know going for it or or you know tearing it down or selling you know what i mean Uh, i don't think it's necessarily the time to to play you know wolf of wall street and and try to just get the best value because you might end up screwing your team but your process looked really good you know what i mean and and if we get into that mindset of like well, I just have to win this trade. I have to, I have to, you know, make sure I sell this guy at his peak value instead of just being like, "Hey, maybe I should hold this guy because he seems pretty, pretty good, and that he's going to score, you know, twelve to fifteen points a game for me." Yeah, his value might peak this year, but he also might help you win in the playoffs. You never know, you know, you you never know who's going to get injured, who's going to stay healthy week to week, and if you're just stuck in that mindset of, well, you know, I got, I got to sell this high. Uh, sell this guy at his peak value. I gotta, I gotta, you know, you know, I gotta buy at this guy's lowest value. That guy might just be terrible. You know, we, you never know. Um, and so I think it's really dangerous to play that game middle of the season. Um, I'm hoping all of that is just more industry talk rather than actually, you know, fully fleshed out in leagues. Um, Cause I haven't yeah. really seen that in our league specifically, but I have seen that a lot on Twitter within the industry of, of this, you know, like you said, the stock market style of, of dynasty that I think is really, you know, if you, if you play into that could really screw you over, um, in the long run. So before we move into, uh, our fantasy MVPs to this point in the season, I just realized that we missed out on, a, uh, the biggest news of the day, oh. which is C- Carson Wentz is a Los Angeles Ram. Oh, I I thought I thought you were going to talk about the the actual biggest news that Martavis Bryant is a cowboy. <laughs> I honestly thought he was like forty, so I'm, just, I'm shocked. Didn't he play at Clemson like with Taj Boyd? <laughs> yeah, but uh, so, yeah, Carson Carson went to the Rams is kind of interesting. Surely it's an upgrade from Brett Ripien, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that it is. I think it's good for Cup and Puka, but not necessarily like you want to start Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'll definitely take the recipient side of that offense. Um, but yeah, so I'd love to talk about our fantasy MVPs to this point in the season, guys that maybe you staked a claim on or maybe you invested heavily in, uh, maybe drafted high. Uh, whatever that looks like for you, I'd love to hear who yours is for this season so far. Yeah, so um, I felt vindicated on a lot of guys. Um, you know, there were some some players that I could go to. I'll go through some honorable mentions first. Um, I was really, you know, I had said pre-draft, I, I believe at one point, you know, or I think I actually stuck with this, that Stroud was my quarterback one. Um, 
And I was starting to buy into the Anthony Richardson hype train. And then the guy before me in our uh, rookie draft took him. And I was kind of upset about it. I was like, man, it'd be really cool to own Richardson. But I ended up taking Stroud. And and that's been obviously the right choice. Um, Even though I do think Richardson will be pretty good moving forward. But obviously, he's unfortunately out for the season. Um, So, you know, staking my claim that Stroud was quarterback one. Definitely feel vindicated on that. Um, Tank Dell is another one. I know this sounds like the the Houston Texans hour, but uh, Tank Dell, you know, we actually got to watch him in the coldest bowl game in Louisiana. Um, he played against uh, my alma mater, the University of Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. He, I'm pretty sure he's didn't he score like the game winning touchdown for Houston in that if game? If it wasn't if it wasn't game winning, it was like a really vital touchdown. Yeah. So. And and I remember watching him most of the season and be like, this dude is so good. It doesn't matter about his size. Um, but he similar being, to uh, the year before when we saw the Falcons running back one, Tyler Algier. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so so those two guys, uh, especially, I sound like just a Texans fan right now. I promise I'm, I'm still a Saints fan. But this one's going to be kind of out of left field, but my fantasy MVP so far this season has to be Washington Commanders quarterback Sam Howell, quarterback six on the season. Um, to remind y'all, you know, and this is just in one league, so I haven't invested heavily in him in other leagues, but you know, I sent Curtis Samuel, Darnell Mooney, and A.T. Perry for Sam Howell. And for this foreseeable future, it seems at least, that Sam Howell is a startable fantasy quarterback and is also um, going to be what what they say uh, is a potential quarterback for, of the future for them. And uh, and you got to love what you've seen from him. Obviously, there's going to be the bone, boneheaded mistakes, but you know, not every rookie or first-year starting quarterback is C.J. Stroud. You know? um, and so I've just been really impressed when I watch him for the most part. You know, obviously, like I said, there's there's the plays every now and then where you're like, dude, what are you doing? But there's been a lot of of really good play from and he's not afraid to to rip it deep. You know, he's he's throwing the ball down the field, learning the football really well. And so I've been really impressed with him. And again, uh, to be quarterback on quarterback six on the season is to me really, really impressive and not at all what anybody expected, including me, um, from him this season. So to see that's been really cool and you know, owning him in, in my favorite, uh, most important league is, has been really fun as well. So, uh, Sam Howell, shout out to you, shout out the, the Tar Heels, shout out the Commanders. Well, that's funny you say that about the Texans. My honorable mentions are Dalton Schultz and Nico Collins. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, Bro, Noah Brown. <laughs> hey, for real, for real. <laughs> Ohio State, wide receiver you. So I'll do a couple of honorable mentions as well. I was, I was originally going to do Jacoby Myers because of the cost uh, or yeah. lack thereof that you could have gotten him for coming into the season. Um, and gosh, I'm just so happy he's <laughs> – I just remember when he wasn't scoring any touchdowns, I was like, listen, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. And then – and there it is. So he's one of them. Uh, wide receivers, either 13 or 15 on the season, uh, depending on your scoring. And then my other one was going to be Raheem Mostert. Uh, he's just a player that I've always liked. I've got him in a number of spots. 
but he's also a Madden favorite of mine. Colby and I obviously having our big Madden battle. Um, he's he's my guy. And then when I was after I texted you, I was going to go with Jacoby. Mm-hmm. I sat down when we when you started recording. I was like, wait, how could I pass up the opportunity? <laughs> to talk about Sam Laporta, a.k.a. Sam Lagoda. Lagoda? The best rookie tight end we've ever seen. Well, I know Pitts had a good one. But anyway. I mean, it's looking like it. I would have to say at this point, it's to be expected. He's got two weeks. Um, He's played all of their eight games. They just had a bye. Uh, All but two were outside the top ten. Dang. And he's got he's got a tight end one season on the year. He's got a tight end he's got two tight end five seasons or uh, weeks on the year. And so it's he's just been impressive. He's been a target for golf in the short, in the intermediary, and yeah. the deep. Uh there's some deep crossers and vertical routes. And he's most importantly, I think, uh he's been a red zone target. Yeah. Um, even if those don't always go for touchdowns. He's got four on the season. But uh, with a team with Amon Ra, St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, and Javon Montgomery, I think that's four is kind of saying a lot for a rookie tight end. And so, absolutely. In our CFG league, which uh, our rookie draft took place the day after the NFL draft, I got him at the 304, which is, <sighs> you know, I mean, this is just a that's standard insane. PR, no tight end premium. But I mean, to say I have the rookie or I have the, the tight end four on the season right now halfway through the year and i got him in the third round of a rookie draft that was that feels pretty good so yeah and you were big on laporta you know that's a vindication pick for you because you were big on laporta i think through the entire draft process yeah i i I like the athleticism i like the um consistency and so i it's good to see that still play out um as as a pro so i think you know Obviously, this shows uh, some promise for him moving forward for the rest of his career for the foreseeable future. Yeah, he's got a good offense around him. He's got a good quarterback. So, I think him, you know, him staking his claim in this offense and saying, "I, I am a target earner. I am a player who's going to matter here." And and you know making that happen that's a, that's yeah. a big deal. So I'll take I'll take Sam Lagoda every day. Lagoda, yeah, no, I I love that pick. Um, yeah, it's Laporta's man. He's so fun to watch. And there's uh there's a podcaster I've I've mentioned him before, Bill Simmons. He's obviously very famous and popular, but um he's a Patriots fan, longtime Patriots fan, and he was like Laporta is the the closest thing I've seen to Gronk uh, in a long time. So, I mean, that's really high praise, especially coming from uh, a national, uh, a guy that knows the National Football League and is a Patriots fan. For him to say that, I think, is is pretty high praise. And, yeah, he's he's got it all. I mean, they, they are designing plays for him. Um, he is definitely, you know, top of the line and uh, not always necessarily the first progression, but I'm sure he's, you know, second or third most of the time in the progressions. Um, so, you know, and golf obviously already trusts him, which is huge. So uh, it's been it's been fun to watch him. And and man, I feel like we've, we're getting some really solid rookie seasons out of uh, some of these guys. Maybe not who we expected fully. You know, Sam Laporta. Uh, you know, C.J. Stroud. I don't think we were expecting this. 
uh, Jordan Addison. Uh, we were, I don't think we were, any of us were expecting this. Obviously, the Jefferson injury helps him, but um, it's been a really, really fun rookie class so far to start the year. And obviously, next year looks to be even, you know, potentially even better. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, so moving forward, um, you know, just before we we finish out, uh, in the Giants quarterback situation do you like tommy devito uh as a startable asset i'm trying to acquire him in every <laughs> league i'm in dude uh just look him up there's a lot of funny you know sopranos type memes about uh about tommy devito um it's unfortunate though with with daniel jones's injury um you really hate to see injuries like that happen especially um uh, you know to a guy who who just gotten a a contract just coming off his best year just Seems like a year from hell for him and and for that Giants team. It just really really sucks. So you know, hoping that he and and all of these injuries that we're seeing lately, just hoping all these guys get better and and return to form next year. Well, that will do it for today. Uh, thank you guys for for listening in um, to to me and Joel talk about uh, some of our fantasy MVPs, lessons we've learned, and things like that. I'm Philly. I'm Joel. And this has been the Committed Football Guys podcast. See ya.